0: Welcome to The Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want the truth about having a healthy, happy, strong body. Remember, your body was meant to move. Now here's your host, Stephen Sashen. Have you ever had really unpleasant heel pain and then gone to a medical professional who told you you had plantar fasciitis and then gave you an orthotic or an insole or a boot or something to wear to immobilize your foot to treat that? If so, you may have been misled twice And we're going to find out more, including a natural way to address plantar fasciitis, on today's episode of The Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to have happy, healthy, strong bodies, who want to cut through the mythology, the propaganda, sometimes the outright lies, and know the truth about what it takes to walk, run, hike, do yoga, paddleboard, do Zumba, whatever it is you do, uh, enjoyably, to enjoy your body. I'm Stephen Sash and your host, for the movement movement podcast and if you want to find out more go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com where you'll find all the previous episodes and all the places that you can find this podcast both in audio and video and transcription form and of course if you like us subscribe and review and share and ring the bell on youtube and you know how to do all those things more importantly welcome and we like to start with a movement whenever we can and whenever I remember, frankly. So let's do that. And I want to do something that's the simplest movement that you can think of really. And it's one that we do thousands of times a day. I think it's called breathing. We do it mostly unconsciously and a lot of us don't do it well. And I want to take a few minutes to just give you a little simple kind of tips about breathing well that you might enjoy. Many of you will know it. And if so, just, you know, follow along for the fun of it. And the simple thing that I'm going to show you is that breathing involves your diaphragm, which is kind of right underneath your rib cage, basically. It's curved like this. And when you breathe in, it pushes down. And when you breathe out, it pushes up. Now, when it pushes down, that should make your belly expand. If you're not letting your belly expand, you're not letting your diaphragm go all the way down, which means you're not breathing fully. Now, some people, when they do belly breathing, that's what they refer to it, they don't actually breathe into the top part of their chest. So they think it's just about the belly, but it's about the entire body. So it's letting your diaphragm go down, which will make your belly expand. And there's more to that that I'll say in a second, but also getting all that air into the rest of your lungs as well. So what you want to do is put your hands on your belly button, like just, you know, clasp your fingers like this and put your hands on your belly button. And as you take a breath in, just see how far out, not pushing your belly out, but just let your belly go out as you breathe in. And as you breathe out, you may actually want to contract just a little bit to get that air out. And then when you do it again, breathe in and let your belly come out. And then make sure you keep breathing and get that air into the rest of your lungs. And as you breathe out, contract a little bit and let the whole thing contract. Now move your hands to your sides, just like around your well around your sides and make sure that when you're breathing in your sides are expanding too so you're basically your entire belly should expand in all four directions forward backward left and right see if that happens when you breathe in let the diaphragm come down expanding in all four directions breathe out and now let's add just a tiny bit of movement when you breathe in arch your back and let your head go back just slightly and as you breathe out do the reverse kind of cave in a little bit so you're kind of pushing out a little more and just take three breaths just like that slight arch breathe all the way down and then all the way up contract on the way out two more all the way up all the way out one more slight arch expanding your belly in all four directions and out And if you were driving, I hope you were doing that with your eyes closed like I was. But try that. Play with that just a couple times a day and see how that feels. You can even do it lying down, especially with that arch and that contraction. Letting your whole spine get involved in the breathing is really, really pleasant. By the way, some of you who've been watching this podcast before, you may notice I'm in an unusual location and that's called my house. This is our second bedroom where we have a couch and our TV and a picture that I took in Kathmandu. Actually, oh, two pictures that I took in Kathmandu and I'm here because frankly, I was hoping not to work at all this weekend because it's my birthday, but I couldn't help myself. And so, but I just decided not to go into the office and here we are. All right, let's go back into Planner Fasciaville. I want to start with a story that Actually, I'm going to give you two stories that really spell out the majority of what I see as the problem about plantar fasciitis. And that's simply that it's most often misdiagnosed. And then we'll talk about the mistreatment. So I met a guy a couple of years ago. He's a potential investor, super, super rich guy. And he said, you know, I can't invest in your company, even though I love your company, because I can't wear your shoes. I said, why not? He's, well, I've had plantar fasciitis for 21 years. I said, "Mm, that's not possible. (laughs) he said, what? I said, well, plantar fasciitis, itis means an inflammation. There's no way you can have an inflammation for 20 years. And he says, well, you know, actually it went away one day and then came back about a year and a half later. I said, whoa, whoa, see that's proof because you're not going to have an inflammation that just magically disappears one day and then magically comes back 20 years later. I said, let me ask you a question. How do you feel when you're just walking around your house barefoot? He goes, oh, oh, I, I can't do that. I have hardwood floors. I literally almost started crying at that point. The idea that a grown human being can't walk barefoot in his own home just struck me as incredibly sad because human beings have been walking barefoot on every surface you can imagine, hard surfaces, soft surfaces, pointy surfaces, for as long as there have been human beings. The idea that someone can't do that, that they need to put on shoes the moment they get out of bed. Oh my gosh, as someone who's... A big proponent of natural movement, I can't think of anything more sad. So I said to him, all right, look, here's what happened. 21 years ago, you went and saw a doctor because you had heel pain, right? He said, yeah, one of the best doctors in Colorado. I went, yeah, your doctor was a complete bonehead. And by bonehead, I just mean has actually replaced his brains with bones. Now, again, I'm not saying that all doctors are boneheads if they say you have plantar fasciitis, and I'm sure this guy is a fine guy, but here's my suspicion of what happened. And it kind of bears out. I said he diagnosed you as having plantar fasciitis. What you really probably had was just habitually tight calves because Plantar fasciitis. Oh, I should have started with this. Maybe is an inflammation of the plantar fascia. The plantar fascia connect to your heel bone, and if they start to pull away or start to erode there, that's going to lead to pain when you're trying to use them under force. And technically, it's often not even plantar fasciitis. It's often not an inflammation. It's a plantar fasciosis. It's a degradation and eroding, if you will, of the tissue that you can treat or does need a different kind of treatment. But also, you can get the symptoms of plantar fasciitis if your calves are t- or your Achilles gets too tight and it's pulling on those plantar fascia basically from the other end, from the top end, if you will, the proximal end, if you want to be exact. And so it can give you the same symptoms. I said, did he feel up your calf to check how your calf was? Like I says, no. Okay, here we go. So once again, You probably had habitually tight calves. And I say that again, because of the one and a half year period where it just disappeared spontaneously for whatever reason, your calf just loosened up and took all the pressure off. But your doctor didn't know this. And then, oh, by the way, he prescribed orthotics for you. And the guy says, yeah. And I said, and you need them in different pairs of shoes because you have the shoes you walk around the house in and your regular shoes and your dress shoes. Yeah, I've got like four or five pairs. I said, how, 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 how much, how much are they? He said, they're about $500 a piece because they're custom made oh man. Okay. So this was um, now gone from sad to painful. I said, look, I can give you some exercises that you can do while you're watching TV at home. And in maybe, you know, six weeks, maybe you'll be able to walk around your house barefoot. And if you want to do some additional exercises, I could probably have you running in bare feet on the road without any pain. And the guy looked at me with a look that I I see somewhat uh, frequently actually and so I knew what he was thinking and I said to him look dude just because I look like this doesn't mean I'm wrong <laughs> I know how I look. In fact, one day, this is a tangent, one day I'm walking into the office and I'm wearing not even a pleasant, you know, a nice zero-shoes t-shirt like I'm wearing right now, but one that was probably kind of ratty. And I was wearing some cutoff shorts and I was, of course, barefoot and my hair was especially big. And I caught my reflection in the window of the door and I just stopped dead in my tracks. I went, oh, I'm that guy. Okay. I did not realize I'm that guy. And now that I'm turning 57, I am really that guy. And in Boulder, that's saying something. So the guy thought I was completely insane, and so be it. He just wasn't going to take my advice. But let me give you another story, similar one. met a guy who was in Special Forces, and he said, we've all switched to minimalist footwear because we really believe in natural movement. We know that strength can come from your feet, and that's really important. And a bunch of us have gotten plantar fasciitis. This guy, by the way, was about six... Four six five two thirty two forty. 240. He was um, not a small human being. And I looked at him and I could just spot this one from a mile away. I could see the whole tight calf thing. And I said, can I stick my thumbs in your leg somewhere? And here's one of the things I really appreciated without missing a beat. He goes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've met a bunch of special forces guys. These guys, if it will help improve their performance, they are all in. These are my kind of guys. So he turns around and I could, I mean, literally almost see the spot. And I took my thumb and just put it gently in his calf, and his knees buckled and he fell to the ground. <laughs> I love doing that, especially to giant guys. It's very entertaining. So I said, all right, stay lie on the ground. And I kind of dug my thumb into his calf for a little while. And maybe, you know, three or four minutes. And after I, d- I did both of them, and then I said, stand up and walk around. And he looked at me. His eyes were just saucer-like. He says, this, it's 90% better. I said, yep. So go back to the base and have your physical therapist. Just beat the crap out of your calves for a while and let me know how it goes. Well, I never heard from him again until a year later. I was at the same trade show or same as an event. Actually, oh, it was Paleo FX, the Paleo Living, whatever you want to call it. Not, it's not a trade show event. Let's leave it at event because I can't think of a better word because I'm turning 57 and words are not coming to my head anymore. Anyway, here he is a year later, and he walks up to me wearing zero shoes, and just ecstatic. He says, yeah, after we all had our calves worked on, it all went away. Totally went away. So now, again, let me put in a caveat. I'm not saying that that's going to be the solution for everybody. But I will tell you that more often than not, when I meet people who say they have plantar fasciitis, I ask them about their calves. And usually without my prompting, they go, oh yeah, I have really tight calves. And I go, so does it feel better when you massage them or foam roll them or do anything like that? And they usually say, yes. And I go... You probably don't have plantar fasciitis, or if you do, it may just be getting exacerbated by the calf thing. Go work on your calves and then see how that goes. And really, really often people will report tremendous results from that. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. This is just information for you to try. I need to be politically correct and uh, legally correct about that as well, because I haven't seen you. I haven't looked at you. I can't diagnose you via email or usually by the phone. I'm just giving you this info. Do with it what you will. Have I made enough, whatever the word is for, you know, making sure I don't get my ass sued? Okay, good. So let's go on. So now if you actually have plantar fasciitis, like the real deal or plantar fasciosis, undeniably, you need to heal. You need to give your body time to let the inflammation subside, to rebuild some tissue if possible. And I'll say something about that in a sec. And to let the pain go away. And then what you want to do is start working on strength. There's an article, by the way, I'm going to post it on the website. I will try and post it in show notes everywhere else too. I would tell you what it is right now, but I can't think of it. And I'm too lazy to look it up. as <laughs> well be honest about that. But if you go to zeroshoes.com and search for plantar, P-L-A-N-T-A-R, you will find some interesting articles about plantar fasciitis, including one that talks about the treatment that most people are given or the yeah most people are 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 prescribed that was the word I was looking for by their medical professionals and that is to wear an orthotic or to get an insole or to do something that immobilizes the foot. Okay, so we've talked about this often. Immobilizing something is rarely a good idea except for healing. As soon as you can you want to get your body moving again as often as you can, as comfortably as you can. And so An orthotic or an insole or a boot that keeps your foot from moving doesn't do that. It does the immobilizing part, but it doesn't let you do any moving. The problem with immobilizing is it makes you weaker. Think about it. When you break your arm and you put it in a cast, it never comes out stronger. You don't have one of those Captain America moments where you're put into a little chamber and you come out a few minutes later all jacked. You uh, put your arm in a cast, you come out eight weeks later the opposite of jacked you get atrophied, and it takes time to rebuild that strength again. Now, interestingly, it doesn't take a lot of time because your body's wired to regain, reclaim that strength that you had. And that's almost always the case. Building additional strength takes additional work, but getting back to where you were, some people refer to that as muscle memory or one version of muscle memory. Some people think of muscle memory as just being able to do some movement pattern because you're used to it. And that's less muscle memory from my perspective than that is just neurological patterning. But muscle memory, you often see it with bodybuilders who sometimes will get injured and they get really skinny and then they start, lifting again and taking a bunch of steroids and but they get that musculature back really really fast because it's kind of built in. As a former gymnast, I, I noticed that when I was back in gymnast mode and that was one of let's see that was oh my that was 40 years ago. Yeah 39 years ago. My shoulders were bigger and when I start doing any shoulder exercises they very quickly get back to that. My wife would like it if I would keep doing those shoulder exercises. Yeah, maybe someday. So it's my birthday. Maybe for her birthday I'll do that. So 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 If you look up the article about plantar fasciitis or about, and also, yeah, just look up that. It'll talk about barefoot running and plantar fasciitis or barefoot running and insoles. You can look up orthotics as well at zeroshoes.com. And you'll see an article from my favorite science writer, both because she's a wonderful science writer and she has my favorite name in the world, Gina Colada. And Gina did an evaluation, basically an investigation into orthotics and insoles and found that for most people, they don't work at all. They work for about 10% of the population. No one knows which 10% or why. And a $500 custom-made orthotic usually isn't any better than a Dr. Scholz insole you can buy right off the shelf. And you don't even need one of the fancy ones. So same idea with plantar fasciitis. Again, you want to let yourself heal if possible if you have actual tissue damage. And then you want to start moving, and then you want to start strengthening. So let me say one other thing about tissue damage. If you're talking about tissue damage to ligaments and tendons, that's a tricky one to regrow there's a treatment you might want to investigate called prolotherapy p r o l o therapy there's also a version of it that's uh, what do they call it r p r whatever that means it's it's a version of prolotherapy where they take rich platelet r p r whatever the r is rich platelet something people will tell me what that is and that's okay with me again i have no problem with the fact that i can't remember words anymore anyway look up uh rich platelet uh, rich plasma therapy whatever the hell it is Frankly, it's a little hand-waving. They say that they're taking out some of the platelets from your body and are injecting them back in the right spot. My friend, Tom Raven, who's the guy who taught prolotherapy to many of the people in the country, thinks it's really not necessary. What prolotherapy does is they take a needle and they painfully stick it into the part that already hurts. And what they're basically doing is selectively re-injuring your body. The reason why is that when you get injured, your body will try to heal itself just enough to get you functioning. Basically, just enough so that you can run away from the thing that thinks you're lunch. And after that, it doesn't really work anymore. So it's creating a localized inflammation that actually can help lay down new tissue. By the way, really helped my knee when I had my knee problems. I had torn meniscus and had some problems after surgery. So you might wanna look into that. That's one way of helping grow new tissue. There's some people who do stem cell stuff. I don't know about stem cell. I've seen, I've heard mixed results about stem cell treatment. So I'd be, I'm be, i a little iffy about it. It's also not covered by insurance and very expensive. You might want to look into that. Suffice it to say, the tissue damage can be a real thing. And then you want to heal and then get back to the moving part. So when it comes to moving, what should you do? Well, again, if you check out zeroshoes.com and look at Planter, I'm going to point you to a couple of articles that you'll find about things that you can do. But the simplest thing goes like this. If you think about doing a bicep curl, you're strongest when your elbow is bent about 90 degrees. There's a little sticking point. So just past 90 degrees is when you're at the strongest. And when, you, when you're your weakest is when your arm is fully extended. Well, it's the same thing with your plantar fascia. They're strongest when they're engaged. They're weakest when they're extended. So what that means is you want to do things to engage your plantar fascia while you're trying to apply some force that will help strengthen them. So what can do that? Walking barefoot especially walking barefoot on some uneven or maybe even a little unpleasant surfaces. By the way, if you're hearing the um, noise that's going on while you see there's more light coming in my window, there's a massive hailstorm going on out of the other window. Totally bright over here, totally dark and hailstorm over there. Welcome to Colorado. Okay, anyway. So you want to engage your plantar fascia by walking on something unpleasant, like, not like crazy unpleasant, but like if you have some gravel around your house, that's a really good one. And the reason that works is because the only way you can walk on that without it hurting really is by putting your foot directly under your body, kind of pre-tensing, pre-loading your foot before it touches down so that you can feel where it should go and put it in the right place. And so you're going to be walking slowly. And if you want to add a little toe gripping, in that and sand is a really good one for this too but gravel is actually a little bit better because it's a little less pleasant than sand that's a really good thing you can do you can also do what's referred to as towel scrunches you might know to put a towel on the ground stick your foot on the towel scrunch it up with your toes until you've scrunched the whole thing up and then set it out and do that a couple times you can do that while you're watching tv and again a really really great thing is to work on your calves if you've got tight calves or even if you don't it just feels really good get a foam roller or oh wow i have this device over here hold on Ugh. I wonder if it says what the name of it is on the device. If it's smart, it will. And if it's not smart, it doesn't. So, wow, it does not say what it's called. Oh, wait, I know what it's called. Okay. It's called the Roll Flex Pro. I'm going to hold this up there. So, the Rollflex Pro is kind of like foam rolling except it's like well, of course everything's on steroids. Foam rolling on steroids. I'm going to hold this thing up. It looks like a medieval torture device and if you make it too tight. <laughs> it is basically this orange part here is like the foam roller, there are three different things that you can put in there with different hardnesses and different shapes and what you do is if you're doing your calf it would do it this way. So this these black rollers go on your shin this roller goes on your calf and you can just roll it back and forth until you find a tight spot and then point and flex your foot to really kind of work that out you don't want to go too hard you can be sore the next day if you go too hard anyway roll flex pro oh wait it does say it on here somewhere but in really really tiny tiny letters www.rollflexpro.com i'm not getting paid for saying that Lena and I have a bunch of massage and massage devices in here. I've got a thing that just goes around your neck and does a neck massage. We have compression gar- things for your legs. We have rolly things. We have um, foam rolly things. We have the roll flex. We basically sit around at night watching movies or television and doing massage things to each other. It is dorky as hell but that's why i love her and i hope she me so all right that's basically everything i want to say right now about plantar fasciitis i'm hoping that you haven't been misdiagnosed and spent a whole lot of money but if you have i hope that you explore the natural way of doing this a little different and see what results you get again not a doctor. Don't even play one on the internet. But I'm hoping this information is useful. And take a look at, uh, again, go to zeroshoes.com. Search for Planter. Look at the articles that are in there. I will post some links in the show notes here. And I think that kind of covers it. So thank you for joining me in this episode of the Movement Movement Podcast. If you want to be part of the tribe, please subscribe and what that means part of the tribe is simple we are trying to make and by we i mean mostly me trying to make natural movement the obvious better healthy choice the way that natural food currently is we want to use your feet let them bend and flex and move and feel the world feet are your foundation and we want to have a nice strong foundation so again go to join the and you can find all the places that you can interact with us if you have any requests or any questions or anyone who you think should be on the show try Drop an email to move at jointhemovementmovement.com or you can post it in any of those other places. We'll see that too. And I think that kind of covers it. So once again, let me know what your experience is. Enjoy and live life feet first. You've been listening to the Movement Movement Podcast with host Stephen Sashen. Remember to join the tribe and subscribe at jointhemovementmovement.com.